Misfits in the Book of Mormon is now available on Amazon.com. Who were some of these misfits in the Book of Mormon, and what can we learn from them about belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And how can we fill a stronger sense of belonging with Christ? You can find out more by reading Misfits in the Book of Mormon, now available on Amazon.com. You could also check out my other books, including Oh Lord, My God, The Jesus You Need to Know, The Prodigal Son, and I Survive, Now What? Finding Meaning from Loss. Welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Jerry Cook, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about dealing with manipulative people. And you're going to notice throughout this episode that I actually struggle with saying the word manipulative. I'm not sure why, but you'll see that's probably the case throughout this episode. So there's there's a few things that I want to share about that. First, you're not crazy. If you see manipulation, it's certainly possible that it is manipulation. Okay, so that's that's the first thing. The question is, what what to do about it? So I'll get I'll get to that in, in just a second. But first, I want you to recognize that this is not therapy. This is not counseling. This is not legally binding. I'm just giving you my opinion and a little bit about my experience because I, I hope that will that will help you in some way. So if you are struggling with manipulative people, I strongly invite you to visit with a professional, someone who could help you through that process. Okay, so if you are struggling with manipulative people, there's a few reasons for that. There were a few reasons for myself why I struggled with dealing with manipulative people. First is that is that was my experience where I dealed or I dealt with a manipulative father for much of my life. He would shame me a great deal and then he'd turn around and laugh and say, "Well, I'm just kidding. I love you." Or I'm just saying that because I love you. And they didn't really match, you know, someone who's doing all this shaming and then they laugh about it, and then they say they love you. It just, it didn't really seem to be matching for me. It really didn't seem to be consistent of, you know, it didn't seem to be consistent for me. And even though I recognized over time, it, it did take me a long time to really understand that that was manipulation. And, and during that period of time, I was often feeling like I must be crazy because I see something, but he doesn't act like there's a problem, so maybe there's not a problem. Maybe it's just in, in my head. And those are very common things that happen when there is manipulation. I want to share a really quick example of manipulation so that you could see some of the patterns that exist. And I laugh about it now, but at the time it was very, very awkward. Myself and three other people were going to lunch. And it, so it included myself, another graduate student at the university, and my faculty mentor were going to lunch with a job candidate, meaning someone who was applying for a job at that university. 
And it was, you know, it's, it's lunch. It's very informal. You're getting to, to know the other person who's interviewing for the job. And we had a nice time. About 40 minutes into lunch, uh, another faculty member came in, probably finishing you know, a meeting or ending class or something like that, and started asking the same questions that we had asked that job candidate. Within a few minutes, my friend and I, we were going, okay, you know, we've already been there, done that, got the t-shirt kind of a thing, and we started having our own side conversation. I'll let you decide. I won't, I won't try to bias you either way. You could decide for yourself if that was appropriate or not. But the faculty member obviously didn't think that it was appropriate because she took uh, her closed fist and hit the other faculty member there in the chest really loud. And everyone around us was watching and looking and saying, hey, what, you know, what happened? <laughs> you know, this is really awkward. And there was nothing said for that, that time period because it was so awkward. Well, later on, the person who did the hitting approached the others, except not the job candidate individual, but the three others, and uh, provided different stories. To one of us, she said, you know, I was really worried about the image of the university and I, because you guys were having a side conversation and I was really worried about what she thought about the university, so I did the hitting. Uh, to another person, she said, what I did was awful, but I did it because I really cared about you and your future. And, you know, I knew of one person who did something something like that and ended up not getting the job. And I've really, I, I really hope that you learn from this experience. And to the third person, she said, not just that I knew one person who did this, but I knew many, many, many people who did this and were unable to get a job because they would not listen to others while having lunch with them. But there was a very common pattern. Number one, kind of like what is presented in the book of Messiah in chapter 10, where it's talking about the Lamanites, how they were wronged here and wronged there and wronged everywhere, that because of that, they were angry and they had to do something about it. And they justified their behavior and their actions because of something that was done wrong. The second thing that often happens with manipulative people is that they will blame their behavior either on you or on, on their intent to do good for you. Well, I was just doing this for you. I just said that because I cared about you. I just... I'm just doing this, this thing that you think really hurts you. Well, I'm sorry you feel really hurt by it, but I was just doing it to help you in your career. So that's a lot of things that happen. And then the third thing is that people get away with being manipulative because people allow them to be. You see, in that example where we were having lunch, I said, it was so awkward that no one was willing to say anything about it until later on. Those kinds of things need to be dealt with directly. What you said was inappropriate. Please do not say it again. What you did was wrong. Do not do that again. There has to be someone who says that is wrong. And if they say, I don't, I don't know what the big deal is, then you know that that person is setting themselves up to manipulate you over and over and over again. And so the question is what to do about it then. 
In my book, Grow Your Marriage by Leaps and Boundaries, and I know I'm talking about marriage instead of a co-worker or colleague or a church member, but I think many of the patterns still apply, is what I recommend in that book, particularly if a, whether it's a professional relationship or a family relationship or a friendship, you go to them and you say, this relationship means a great deal to me, or our relationship is very important to me so that we could work together. There, there, needs, there needs to be a reason to protect that relationship, to strengthen that relationship by resolving an issue. You see, this relationship means the world to me, and what's happening or what happened or what keeps happening is affecting how I feel in, in and about this relationship. Please let me know if you would like us to address this or resolve this. Please let me know what I can do or what I should do to let you know when things are inappropriate. And I would like to see from you what you're willing to do in those situations. Because this relationship is important to me, but I'm not willing to tolerate this behavior. I'm not willing. I do not accept this kinds of these kinds of words that are said to me in front of other people. You know that it affects me. And it is completely inappropriate. It's best for those kinds of things to be said as quickly as possible to hold that person accountable. No one deserves to be abused or mistreated in that way. So sometimes I've done a good job with that. Sometimes I haven't done a good job in, in that department. The last thing that I want to share with you is something that I share in every other episode. And it's this, that if we depend on other people to make us feel worthy of love, to make us feel like we belong, then we are setting ourselves up to be easily and frequently manipulated. Not only that, that's, that is an enormous amount of pressure to put on other people. Our true sense of belonging and our true sense of worth needs to come from our Father in Heaven and from our relationship with our Savior Jesus Christ. And when we take those feelings of belonging to them, into other relationships, we're going to be, number one, less likely to be manipulated. And number two, when we're with manipulative people, we're going to be less impacted in those situations. Mm -hmm.